This is Dr. What? Dr. Where? Stories of Rural Medicine. It's the podcast exploring what it's like to further your training and practice medicine in regional Victoria. In this episode, you'll hear from doctors working within the surgical field across Victoria. You can study and train to be a surgeon entirely in regional Victoria. So no matter where you are in your career, there's opportunities from medical school to advanced trainee placements and beyond. Dr. Bridget Clancy is an ENT and head and neck surgeon practicing in Southwest Victoria. She believes the key to creating a strong workforce in a rural area is to grow capacity, build training opportunities, and also give local medical students a go. Apart from having patients and the demand for health services, we also need facilities and then health workforce. And um, health workforce can only do so much without good facilities. And we have outgrown our facilities in our region. And we, um, uh, I know that our public hospital is always seeking funds for significant redevelopment, as are many rural places. But also it's hard to be the only doctor in, a, in an area. And so there's a critical mass of colleagues and teams, including all of the disciplines that we work with, that then starts to become a recruitment driver and a retain driver as well, or a retention driver. Because when you've got good stable teams providing good healthcare, that's something other people want to be a part of. So it moves from a scarcity situation to a self-generating health service, which is terrific. What does the role of training play in that self-sustaining model? So we know from about a 40-year body of, of literature globally that rural health workforce uh, recruitment and retention is strongly improved by having rural origin students and providing rural curricula in rural locations medical school for both rural origin and urban origin students. And then particularly uh, relevant to the college, positive rural work exposure. So if we're selecting candidates that have had positive rural work exposure in their junior doctor training, and then we're providing them with rural training, that's where we can have real impact on increasing rural health workforce. And they fit with the World Health Organization global policy recommendations for retention of rural health workforce. Have you sort of been out in Warrnambool for your entire career? No, I spent part of my childhood in the country and part in the city. And I went to boarding school about two hours from Warrnambool. So I had a lot of friends in the area, but my training necessarily took me to Melbourne for six years of med school and then nine years of postgraduate training to become a surgeon. Wherever I could, I chose country rotations as a medical student and as a junior doctor and as an advanced surgical trainee because it was known that those rural positions gave us more proximity to our consultants, so more one-on-one teaching, and also more proximity to clinical experience. We all came back from those rotations with better technical and medical skills. So I really was training myself for a rural career as much as I, wherever I had choice. The reason I settled in Warrnambool, I had a positive experience here as a surgical registrar, and then my partner, who had been an accountant working in um, mining towns, decided to come back to farming. And he's from a town around 70 kilometres out of Warrnambool, and that's where we settled. So we're deeply engaged in the agriculture side of our region, and it's a great place to raise our kids. The, the physical amenity, the natural environment, and just the people, it's terrific. It's, one, it's quite idyllic for the kids. 
you know, the consideration of your, your partner's work can be a massive barrier to entry to doing rural medicine. I think it can be a barrier, but it depends on your viewpoint. Because for me, it was an enormous enabler. All of my social group from childhood and from med school were country people who wanted to get back to the country. So it depends on who we select and how we train them, whether we create enablers for rural health workforce or if we continue to build barriers. What's the demand like for the medical workforce in regional Victoria? I know very few places that are replete with staff and many places still rely on significant contributions from rural-focused urban specialists, which is a specialist who's based in an urban area but has a significant part of their practice um, in outreach in a regional area or rural area. There are other parts of Australia that are doing it much tougher than Victoria. Although we're rural, we're nowhere near remote, apart from areas like East Gippsland and Mildura. Uh, we really are only two hours till our next major centre. So there are other parts of Australia, particularly the Northern Territory, far north Queensland, northern parts of WA and Tasmania, that are in far more need. And that creates a, a problem, but also an opportunity during COVID because international medical graduates make up a significant portion of rural and remote health workforce, recruitment of those practitioners has really halted because they're unable to travel. But also our Australian trained surgeons are unable to travel overseas for fellowships at the moment. So we're, a really exciting initiative is offering periods of, of experience in rural and remote centres for our Australian um, younger fellows whose travel plans for further training have been halted by COVID. So there's plenty of work out there and the College of Surgeons does promote positions vacant on its website, but I particularly want to plug Alice Springs, which is a, a terrific and iconic part of Australia who really uh, does need to recruit more, particularly general surgeons, but surgeons of all kinds. How much of your surgical training could you do in a regional area in Australia? I'm in a, a relatively small specialty. There's less than 400 ENT surgeons in Australia. And when I trained, the most regional I got was a year in Geelong, which at the time was classified as MM2. It's, it's become more urbanised. I was last there 20 years ago during my registrar years. And I also went to Hobart, which is a, a smaller city. So there were no ENT training positions in smaller places than that. In other states, there are, particularly in New South Wales. And one of the really important drivers to getting specialists out in the country is to look at innovative ways that we can provide that rural training experience. For example, getting registrars involved in outreach, particularly in the much smaller urbanised specialties like cardiothoracic surgery and neurosurgery, but also creating rural training positions that recognise the unique value of rural training. It's not urban light, it's not less than, it's more than, and it requires different skills. And so having accreditation standards that recognise that unique experience, that unique training experience, could help us develop more training positions in rural areas. Would you have any advice for someone that's looking at getting into a regional surgical pathway? Yeah, I, I think that if I was talking to my younger self, one of the most important things that I wished I'd known is the more self-knowledge you have, the better. So rather than me giving career advice based on my self-knowledge about my career and what worked out for me, I think that knowing who you are and what you need to have a good life is the starting point. And then you construct your career around that. Because although career is important and the community needs terrific surgeons, it's only part of life. So knowing 
who you are and where you want to be and what, what you need to do to get a good life is the starting point. And then expose yourself to a wide variety of training um, sites because that's where you find those people who are living a life that you can say, is that what I want for myself? And you can start to model your career on, on other people's. We know that strong role models and also anti-mentors, you know, people that we look at and say, that's not what I want. They're enormously formative in our career choices. So wide experience, but also knowing what you need to be happy because what makes somebody else happy and content in their career may make you miserable. So self-knowledge, I think, is number one. And obviously, I want everybody to become a rural surgeon, but I want happy rural surgeons because we don't need um, disaffected people looking after our patients. We know that the happier and healthier the surgeon, the better care they provide to their patients and the better teamwork that they engage in. So self-knowledge and go where you're going to have a good life. And I think one of, I've just had a, um, a meeting with my unaccredited registrar, Geordie, this morning, who's a fourth-year postgrad doctor who's interested in becoming a rural and regional surgeon and has selected this rotation in Warrnambool to gain more rural and regional experience. And we're sort of charting a path for her of how we can use her training time to best advantage, given that, that COVID has intervened and really restricted her access to elective surgery. So I really feel for medical students and junior doctors who are anxious to acquire skills and experience but are being um, hampered at the moment by COVID. So we're looking at innovative ways and, and looking at what Geordie's learning goals are for this six months and how we can achieve them in a, in a way that is different to the way we would normally do it. So I encourage you um, as students and junior doctors to look for the opportunities in COVID. I had a very interesting conversation at one of our meetings recently with the college president, Tony Sparman, and he, he endeavoured to look at the opportunities that COVID throws up for us. So there can be some innovative ways that we can use this time. Um, it's not what we expected, it's not what we want, but look at ways that you can either gain that self-knowledge, talk to your mentors. A lot of surgeons have got time on their hands at the moment because we're not operating as much. So there's a lot more receptivity at the moment to mentoring and to um, working on simulation of skills and presentations and um, practicing um, talking about anatomy and, and presenting cases. So find those surgeons. They probably um, would benefit from engagement with bright, aspiring doctors and medical students. Um, I think together we're going to get through it better than apart. So reach out and try to find innovative ways to use the time. Our next guest has already been introduced by Dr Clancy. Dr Jordan Dangen is a surgical registrar currently working in Warrnambool. The pace, as well as the variety of medicine she is able to work across, have been the major standouts of training in a regional area. It's been fantastic so far. I mean, you spend the first week, to, you know, with about two hours lost in the hospital every day and trying to figure out how to use the computer system and all the rest of it. But we're settling in nicely now and it's been fantastic. It has been um, what I thought in that there's all a different range of things I get to do here and everyone's super friendly and supportive i think often the more city you go often at geelong too it's a bit faster pace and um, people can be a bit more on the stress side whereas in warnable we do have a bit more time and i enjoy the pace in warnable everyone's very friendly and it's been a, a very supportive and um, good job so far did you always consider surgery as a career pathway within medicine uh, I came from a background where we didn't really have family, friends in medicine, or I knew very little about it. Um, so the concept of specialties hadn't really even 
cross my mind when I got into medical school. And when I started medical school, I always thought I'd be a rural GP, but I kept my options open. And when we did our surgical placement in second year, I just thought, wow, this is amazing. When we started our clinical years and I was on general surgery, I absolutely loved it. And then once I started internship, it's a bit hard because you're often choosing a specialty um, after your second rotation, you have to apply for your job for the following year. And at that point, all I'd done was general medicine and emergency. So I had no working experience in surgery yet. And so I actually applied for a medical year because I was just enjoying the job overall. And I liked the concept of things like general surgery, general medicine, emergency, because they're broad and they would suit working in a rural or regional area. But then just before jobs closed, I was about a week or two into my surgical rotation. And then I sort of did a 180 and was like, what am I thinking? I want, of course I want to do surgery. I was absolutely loving it. And then haven't looked back since really. So from there, I did a surgical residency and I've always been interested in trying as many of the surgical specialties as possible. So I did a broad range. I did sort of urology, ENT, Maxfax, vascular, uh, plastics. Um, so all of those through my junior years and enjoyed all of them. But I think inherently I'm a generalist, so I've always come back to wanting to do general surgery. What's the plan moving forward for you? Are you going to pursue regional practice? Uh, no, I'm definitely keen to be a rural or regional general surgeon. So that's always sort of been my focus ever since I started it on the surgical pathway and was a big motivation for always wanting to try the different specialties because I think whatever skills you can bring to a rural and regional community are always very helpful. And it also meant that, you know, your, your registrar years are a lot less stressful if you've um, had exposure to a lot of different surgical areas. So it's certainly always been my focus to be a generalist general surgeon, I guess. So I don't, I'm not too keen on getting very subspecialized. That would probably be relevant if I wanted to work in um, metropolitan areas. You were also looking at getting into publishing some research. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm doing research at the moment and doing my master's, which is based on doing a systematic review in general surgery. And then, yeah, hoping that I'll have enough, meet enough of the requirements to have a good go at the applications next year. What's the experience been like getting into a research project in a regional area? My research project, I initially started off um, being in Geelong and there's certainly always, wherever you go, surgeons very research and academic focused. Um, research is a big part of our profession. Um, I haven't worked in Melbourne, so I can't compare how it is to being in Melbourne, but there's certainly always opportunities. I think from what I've heard, you might have to have a bit more self-motivation in the rural and regional areas to get things going than you might in the city. Um, who often have big research departments. But yeah, I think wherever you go, there's always an avenue for research and certainly always um, surgeons interested in research. Have you encountered any challenges in the time that you've been in Warrnambool? Uh, other than being lost in the hospital, <laughs> not, uh, not really so far. I think potentially one of the challenges is that you may, wherever you are, rural or regionally, and what I've encountered in Warrnambool is that you may get a referral from emergency that is not entirely appropriate to be in a regional community is it may be a patient that needs to go um, to a more tertiary level center or go to Geelong or Melbourne. Um, so I've certainly had referrals where the patient is unable to stay in Warrnambool because 
because we don't have um, the services required for them. But that's always a good challenge in itself, you know, regardless of where you work, you need to be able to do the basics in your management and know when to refer on. So it's always good experience in that respect, I think. What's the support like from those higher care centres in Geelong and Melbourne like? Uh, they're very supportive. And having previously worked in Geelong, you know, there was always a big culture of if a rural or regional community hospital rings for help, accept straight away. Within reason, you know, sometimes you need a bit more information or or you know that there is something quite straightforward that maybe could be done in the rural or regional community. But in general, it's always a very um, open door policy to try and give as much support to the rural and regional communities. So, and yeah, when I have contacted them, they've been nothing but supportive so far. So it's always decreases the anxiety levels, I guess. It's very good, I think. What's the importance to the community of having a surgical presence in a town like Warrnambool that's hours away from Melbourne? Uh, I think it's huge. I mean, whatever resources and services we can provide a community is enormous and has an immense impact. You know, for example, the urology service here, so the entire service has been started by a single surgeon. Before he was here, anyone needing any sort of urology input from the community had to travel a long way and often um, in a very, if it was an emergency, in a very uncomfortable position. So I think having those sorts of services is a, a massive game changer for the community. And he was telling me about how he needed community funding for a piece of equipment for the urology service. And he just got an enormous amount of donations in such a short amount of time, I think, because the community was so grateful that they now had a urology service. Um, and that certainly goes for all the general surgery as well. The surgeons have changed over time and um, now they can offer quite a broad range of general surgical options. So, um, and the same with ENT, you know, all of those patients were previously having to travel a long way for their service. So um, I think it's had a huge impact having these new services down here. Have you got any advice for anyone that's looking at getting into a surgical pathway and pursuing regional rotations and practice? I think if you are interested in a surgical career, be true to yourself. And if you're, if you're inherently someone who's grown up rural, then think about coming back rurally. And if you're not someone um, that has worked rurally or grown up that way, then I think keep an open mind. Rural and regional surgery has a lot to offer. Um, you can certainly make a huge difference to a community as I've seen down here. And you can also draw on a broad range of skills and use a broad range of skills to make it a much more interesting job. I think some of the subspecialty surgery can get quite repetitive. So if you work rural and regionally, it certainly um, gives you a lot more scope of practice. And there's always very good support from bigger centres so that you don't have to be in a position where you feel uncomfortable as a surgeon. And then in terms of if you're thinking about pursuing a rural and regional surgical job, I think some of the things that are helpful are getting exposure to as many different things as you can while you're a junior. I think that really helps. And if the opportunities come up, every metropolitan hospital that, that people may work at always has a rural or regional option and seriously think about taking it because I think the experience can be invaluable. And I find that Warrnambool is extremely social. From most people I've talked to who do a, a regional job, it's generally a much more social job because everyone who's spending time here from the medical service 
often doesn't live in that community. So you all sort of band together and spend time together and do a lot of social activities. So um, that's always what Warnable has been like. And that was another draw card for me as I enjoy all the social side of meeting new people. Um, obviously it's a bit different with COVID at the, at the moment, but yeah, there's a good group of us down here and hopefully at some point the restrictions will lighten up a bit and we'll be able to all spend a bit more time together. As momentum within the regional surgical field grows, so too do the career opportunities, the surgical capacity, the training placements, and the self-sustaining cycle is created, as Dr. Clancy described earlier. Associate Professor Chris Kimber is a paediatric surgeon who works and teaches in Gippsland. Over his time working across the region, he has seen a distinctive shift towards delivering specialist care at a local level. For his specialisation in paediatric surgery, this is pretty important for families across Gippsland. And for the medical field, this presents growing opportunities to train and practice. Look, I think there are really important phases that this has gone through. And I think that the presence or availability of your hospital in a digital sense is going to make a big difference as to its effectiveness long term. So it's my belief that hospitals need to provide more of these services and this is really the key to them being very successful tertiary institutes. What I think we've seen within paediatrics over the last 20 to 25 years is that we went through a phase of saying, well, there needs to be access for all and so services were provided locally and regionally and some patients would travel but it was kind of decided that we needed services for all. Then we decided that all children needed the right level of expertise and what that did particularly in the 80s and early 90s led to a lot of patients travelling long distances so rather than being treated locally they would travel to a regional centre such as Traralgon or Warrigal or they would come to Melbourne, predominantly to the children's early on, but now certainly up to 45% of the state workload is done at Monash. And then we saw probably about 10 to 12 years ago the notion that it needs to be the right expert care delivered locally. And I think this is the crucial change in that now we're determined as much as possible not to dissociate a family for a day for a clinic visit or an opinion and we're trying to use technology and increased staffing to modify those patterns. The economic and social cost of having a mum and dad drive a two-year-old three hours one way and then three hours the next to be seen for 10 or 15 minutes is really not viable any further. The father loses a day at work, uh, one of the parents may have to take care of the children mother's often working as well and is unable to take time off. It's a very dissociative act. So I think we've got better and better at being trying to deliver the right level of service locally and that's the standard that we're aiming for in the future. And so, you know, within paediatric surgery, we've really tried to deliver most operations locally and we operate in Warrigal once a month, Terralgan twice a month, Sale once a month and Bensdale once a month to make sure that these children with straightforward surgical problems don't have to travel. If they do need to come to Melbourne for a complex operation, then all of the follow-up can be provided locally and they don't have to travel that distance either. And so I think that these principles of care are really important. What got you into paediatric surgery? I think that when I was 
very young, as a child, became really concerned about the plight of sick children and felt that was an area that was worthwhile spending a lot of my uh, career on. And then when I was involved in my medical studies, I was really attracted to the variety and intensity of workload of paediatric surgery and the ability to take what is often a complex problem, particularly in a newborn baby, and try and make the right decisions and then enable that child to live as normal life as possible. And I think within paediatric surgery, it's an enormously varied specialty. We operate from the head and neck all the way through the chest, the abdomen and the urinary tract and including genital reconstruction. It's truly diverse and I think that it has remarkable impacts on the child and the family directly. And now, even 30 years into that career, I'm never bored with it. I find it completely stimulating, engaging, and it continues to improve. Have you always headed out to Gippsland to do surgical procedures and consultations? I was really lucky when I returned from training overseas. The person that really mentored me through my career, Professor McMahon, had been doing a list at Terralgan for 15 years, and he said, well, I'd really like you to take this on. And so I started in Terralgan in 1999 as an individual and then I realised that uh, me as an individual could do some help but if I could involve my colleagues and turn this into a regional service then there would be more surgeons available on the ground, the patients would have greater follow-up, the hospitals would have fuller operating lists and it would offer the region greater support. So with Neil McMullen we approached our wave uh, which was the Rural Workforce Agency of Victoria, put in a plan to operate and support children through the region and that's been supported for the last 15 years. And we now see the Gippsland Paediatric Surgical Services, the ideal model where there are regular visits and regular follow-ups, there's support from a tertiary centre and it enables us to work as a team and treat the children as closest to home as possible. If you're concerned that you might miss out on things if you pursue a rural surgical career, there's nothing to worry about. Apart from some highly specialised surgical procedures, Victoria's larger regional hospitals have quite extensive surgical capabilities. Matthew Hadfield is a vascular surgeon working as the Clinical Director of Surgical Services at Ballarat Health and the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons Victorian Committee Chair. He says underestimating regional health services is surprisingly common. I think the mistake a lot of people make is that they consider that most complex surgery happens in Melbourne and if you live in the regions that you're relegated to having to travel if you want anything more than basic surgery and that simply isn't the case. I mean there are a series of regional hospitals whether it's here at Ballarat or at Bendigo that type of hospital that actually provide a very high level of complex technical surgery and can actually service the needs, almost all the surgical needs of, of their region. So there's a wide range of surgical skills present in regional areas. I don't think that's widely enough recognised. What would be the kind of level of complexity in terms of surgical procedures you could deliver in a place like Ballarat? So apart from the very lower volume, highly technical surgical specialties, so neurosurgery and some complex cardiothoracic surgery, virtually all the other surgical specialties are represented here and there really isn't a cap on the technical difficulty of the surgery. 
Ballarat Hospital, like many of the larger regional hospitals, is a highly complex, well-resourced uh, general hospital that can provide equivalent uh, surgical services to any of the Melbourne hospitals. It has the advantage of being in a regional area, so people who are looking for a challenging, high-tech surgical job whilst living in a, an area that has a lot of advantages in terms of the lifestyle uh, and the access to a whole range of areas, it, it provides the ideal compromise. I, I suppose the training experience would be quite different to a hospital in Melbourne because you have all of those options on the table there but also you might be in a smaller cohort so you'd be able to get more hands-on. I think when I, was, when I was training in the UK, I trained through a number of regional hospitals as well and the experience here is exactly that. And I suspect if you speak to other specialties about the same thing, they'll tell you the same. There's a smaller number of, of trainees competing for the same workload and so the, the hands-on experience and the breadth of experience each person who's training gets is much greater in a regional setting than in a tertiary or quaternary Melbourne hospital where there are many, many more senior training posts all competing for the same cases. How does the workload compare in the health service itself to a major metropolitan hospital? The, the model of employment once you're working here is the same. I mean, the daytime workload is just as busy. The operating lists are just as busy. The clinics are just as busy. I think the clinics are interesting. Our our catchment area is far, far bigger than maybe the Melbourne hospitals. So we have patients traveling huge distances to come and see us. And we have to be very aware of that and tailor our consultations and uh, our treatments to take that distance into account. It's the time you have to commit outside of work, traveling between hospitals, traveling to and from home is what you gain when you work in a regional center. Would you have any stories of... Uh, your time in Ballarat that you'd be willing to share that might encapsulate the importance of having regional surgeons? I think there are innumerable stories as to why having regional surgeons is important that without breaching any confidentiality. There are many patients who, who transfer in long distances by helicopter, by ambulance, where just that extra travel, the extra hour into Melbourne is, is the difference sometimes between life and death. And, and we can offer that service here but equally for patients who simply don't want to travel into metropolitan areas, who, who maybe never have really travelled into that, that kind of situation, we provide a really great option. It's a more familiar option, it's a friendlier option, um, and they're having treatment in a more familiar environment, which, which has massive impact on their recovery. What does the future look like for surgery in regional Victoria? I think surgery in regional Victoria is changing somewhat. If you, go, if you were to go back 50, 50 years or so, every small town, even the smallest town, had its own hospital and the town had its resident surgeon who was available 24-7 and turned his hand to anything, basically. That generation of surgeons and that type of surgery has disappeared. And the regions are now tending to be based around larger regional hospitals like Ballarat, like Bendigo, and we provide services from those hospitals and then also start to reach out almost on a hub and spoke model into the smaller towns in the region. And it's actually very satisfying to travel out to the smaller towns in the region to provide what services can be provided in those smaller towns as well. Local treatment is ideal for patients if possible. I think surgery in a regional area provides absolutely the best of both worlds. You can tailor your practice to whatever you feel you, you want to do. 
there are adequate options for highly technical surgical specialties. The environment in which you live is smaller, it's friendlier, it's easier to build up relationships and you get the advantages of far better work-life balance. I always say to people who ask why I moved here that I can, I can still be in Melbourne in an hour and a quarter. And if we're talking about the CBD, it takes some of my colleagues who actually live in the Melbourne uh, metropolitan area that length of time to get into the CBD. But equally, I can be on the Great Ocean Road in an hour and a half. I can be in the Grampians in an hour and a half. I can be at the ski fields in four hours. So it's such a convenient uh, place to live with so many opportunities. Thanks to our guests for taking the time to discuss their work and thank you for listening. You can find out more about the study and training opportunities across regional Victoria by visiting monash.edu forward slash medicine forward slash SRH. This episode was part of a series of conversations with doctors in regional Victoria. There's more episodes available which focus on a wide range of medical specialties. Find us on your podcast app of choice. And if you're enjoying the series so far, give us a five-star rating too. It helps us reach more people looking at a career in rural medicine. The Northwest Victoria and Gippsland Regional Training Hubs have commissioned this podcast to help medical students and junior doctors learn more about training and practicing medicine in regional Australia. There are hubs all across the country. To find out where your nearest regional training hub is, visit the link in the episode show notes or just search regional training hubs. And finally, this podcast was brought to you by Monash Rural Health, presented by Patrick Laverick, that's me, and it was made possible by funding from the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Program at the Commonwealth Department of Health.